All right. Was this episode five? Oh, wow. We've episode done five. Batch recording today so if we're a little punch drunk it's probably because we've been talking for over an hour get ready gang <laughs> and we wanted to lighten it up a little bit you know absolutely the last two episodes were definitely you know haunted houses and pain and confronting it but good things but they can also be heavy things that's right so we want to talk about engineering happiness. Yay! And I think personally, we're like the two happiest people ever. Oh, happy man, happy <laughs> woman, absolutely. Now, obviously, you know, to, for people that have never heard us before, uh, I'm Sherry Wilson, uh, owner of Genius Communication. I'm Greg McNeil, owner of Coach's Corner and Western Alliance for Integrated Health. And many hats do we wear. We oh wouldn't my even goodness. have time. Absolutely. It'd take like 25 minutes. Speaking of, I better start our timer, Coach. It'd take 25 <laughs> minutes just for us to go through everything we do. But I think I can summarize it, uh, summarize what we do, whether it's physical training, whether it's business consulting, is we love to help people and serve people where they accomplish their goals, their purpose for being born. Absolutely. Wouldn't you say that sums it up? Absolutely. We are here to serve you, make and, your life better. And to do it on people's terms, on their yeah. own terms, uh, that every journey is unique. That's right. And so helping people through their journey uh, is important and that they can maintain that. Uh, I like to say you're Gandalf, I'm Yoda. <laughs> and this is a place where truth confronts BS. It's a, what, what do you say, Coach, every time? Uh, you shall not pass. pass. <laughs> I, I, I messed you up, didn't I? Oh, you did. You kind of <laughs> threw me off there for a second. My eyes got big as saucers. But it's true. And that statement really is a true one. I mean, it's like, I know when you uh, put that picture together, this is probably bad radio, so you probably have to go to this Facebook at Coach's Corner and see uh, the Gandalf picture that Cherry created for me. But it was perfect. And that one scene where he's talking to Shadow, he says, you cannot pass. And what we're saying is, we are talking about all of those situations, circumstances, thoughts and behaviors that stop us from having the life that we want. We're saying, no, mm -hmm. you cannot pass. Mm -hmm. You cannot be allowed to continue. Yeah. And so when we talk about engineering happiness, that means that we are going to absolutely prevent those things that stop us from having happiness to uh, get in our way. And I think, you know, really that's like a summary almost for the, the podcast, you know, Healing mm -hmm. Community, Healing Business, mm -hmm. where, you know, we want to uplift our community, Clovis, uh, New Mexico, uh, but this applies for all communities. Absolutely. And when people are allowed to be themselves, uh, when people are allowed to pursue their dreams, uh, and and you take away jealousy and envy and all those things, and you take away wrong perceptions, you just have a better community. You do. And, uh, and of course, we don't want people, when I say let people be themselves, I'm not talking about people that are dangerous or people that are, you know, imposing upon you things that are harmful right. by any means. I just want to get that out there. But uh, this is what we do. And uh, always have in our show notes ways people can contact us. But engineering happiness is an interesting thought to me because I've always been, as an adult, a pretty joyful person. Love to laugh, love to tell you know, my jokes. <laughs> Famous for my jokes. I always have one yes. before trainings yeah. and things like that, unless it's a serious topic, sometimes I won't. But 
but that actually came from learning how to navigate difficult things as a child. Um, I had a choice. I could either be unhappy or have joy. Mm -hmm. And then as I become more secure in who I am as a person, I have even more. But where this idea came from, Coach, just to give you an idea, because I kind of threw out there, hey, I'd like to talk about happiness, is either that or stigma, and we figure we better hold stigma for another one (laughs) after the last two podcasts. But uh, I was developing my course, Genius Communication, and I was in the emotional intelligence uh, module, Mm -hmm. getting it developed is the last module. And I came across some research on happiness by Vanessa Van Edwards, and they did a lot of research on what, why are some people happy and some aren't? Because they recognize it ain't money. Nope. It's not anything really external like we think. And because you can have, you know, two billionaires, one's happy, one's, you know, not happy, paranoid, afraid they're going to die and runs off everybody, you know. So they realized there had to be more to it. What they've discovered in their research is happiness is a skill. Mm-hmm. So just like here in your gym for kettlebell training, you say strength is a skill. It is. Happiness is too. It's something that you have to be very intentional. You have to build it into your life. You do. And so they found out that 10% of it is environment. 40% is genetics, meaning there can be some things that pass on where you might be a more naturally melancholy type individual, uh, but that doesn't mean you have to be depressed and anxious. You know, you're just more serious-minded, introspective. Okay. Then they also found out that 50% of it is perception and how you view things that happen in life. Mm Mm-hmm. The final point that I knew I had to include in my module is they found out that 90% of people, let me rephrase it, people spend 90% of their time trying to fix the 10% or the environment. Mm. So before I get into some of my thoughts, can you maybe dive into that a little bit, what that looks like for people? I know I'm like kind of throwing you in the hot water, not even starting to boil a little bit, Coach. It's <laughs> like, here, just dive right in, because I know you have ideas on that. So... What exactly now? Which Where do I want to dive I'd in? I'd like you to dive into how people spend 90% of their time trying to change the 10% environment versus their perceptions, changing their thought patterns. People instead, well, I need a new wife or a new husband. They're making me unhappy. Or I need a new job because this one's just not, you know, whatever it is, people mostly focus on the environment and not their thoughts and how they're responding to the environment. So one of the things that um, for me is I like to direct people to the way that they're thinking about the situation first. Okay. Right? That's the, um, and this is something that I do quite often when I hear a client make a statement. The first thing I will ask is, is that true? If they use a word like always, well, this always happens to me and I'm tired of this. I will say, well, is that true? And they'll say yes, and I'll say, is that always true? And they'll think about it for a second, and they'll say, nope. And then I'll ask them to give me some examples when it's not true. Right. And once they do that, so that's the first place that we attack the perception, right? And then I keep going from there. And then after a while, they realize that it's like, oh, wow, coach, so 
You mean to tell me, nope, stop right there, not me. You get a chance to find out that all of these thoughts that you had, these perceptions that you had, they were not true. You just lumped a, a bunch of different um, disappointments together yes. into this one basket and you said, guess what? This is my issue. And sometimes that basket is a person that you end up in divorce court with. That's true. Right? <laughs> now, yes, it is. You got people you got to get away from. I, you know, I understand that. I agree. But I have also seen people where it's like they are blind to the treasure they are married to because of their perception. Well, yeah. he or she doesn't do this or I need that or they're interpreting their intentions and I don't want to necessarily get to like a relationship podcast right but I think that's where a lot of people think their happiness is centered if I find that one person that's perfect and yet they sometimes do have that person that's actually perfect for them and they sabotage it because they filtered their happiness as depending on them being perfect when actually they're the problem yeah so you know the one thing about perception is what i guess one of the best ways to help that is we probably have to pull back from too much information okay what is that what do you mean what does that look like well so nowadays one of the biggest challenges that we're faced with is we have exposure to too much information there's opinions and information that circulate us yeah. all around. And we attach to those different things that we're hearing based on how we're inclined, right? So mm -hmm. the more information you have out there, the more stuff that you have in your head, again, that will build perceptions in your mind that may not be accurate to the life that you live. Mm -hmm. So when you pull back from some of that stuff, you get off of your social media for a while. Let's just say <clears throat> you get off your social media for a month. Can you do that? Right? Oof. Yeah. Mm. Leave social media for a month and watch what your vagus nerve says about your body's ability to feel at ease or peace or, um, or in your relationships with other people instead of immediately saying something to somebody why don't you just watch and notice what you see um, and watch something accurate develop in front of you so you can get a clearer picture instead of what you think you are seeing that's really important because you know again happiness it's not necessarily ignoring danger signals no. you know happiness isn't ignoring if a person is mentally emotionally physically or even sexually abusive that's not no. what we're saying but what we are saying is happiness is dominantly internal first. It is. And then it gives you the proper filter to where you can now recognize things that maybe you need to change externally, right? Yeah. So if you're, if you're doing the work on the inside and you're coming into that place of whatever, however happiness is defined for you, which it probably needs to be defined. Like we were talking about before we went live, happiness for me is peace. It's peace in my home, peace in my relationships, uh, peace internally, uh, doing little things that bring me joy is my happiness. Mm -hmm. For others, it may be freedom. Right. Uh, it can be independence. It can be compassion as a place of happiness. So there's, you know, whatever your recipe is, that's important. Once you get into the thoughts that now you, what would you say, you're aligned with what happiness is for you maybe? Or you, yes, I would <clears> say so. Okay, so now you're married to it. Mm -hmm. 
then you can look at your relationships, your work situation, and say, this is not really serving happiness for me. It, uh, where before maybe it was, <clears throat> it's not anymore, and now it's a more accurate picture. But don't you think, Coach? Yeah, so when you were saying that, one of the things I was thinking about was <clears throat> there is uh, one of the things that's come to light about uh, our graduates they're mm-hmm. leaving school and many of them are not able to get a job or yeah. uh, many of them they graduate and they get into their field of work and they're disillusioned yes okay so what was the perception um, that you had that caused you to go down that line of particular education in that that form of work that you chose? probably TV and media Grey's Anatomy the, the doctor the, the, the office I whatever mean, it is you know and I mean a lot of my clients that I work with I mean physicians and engineers and physicists and various types of things and you look at them now and it's like well what are you doing now well I got this garden <laughs> I got this garden that I'm doing you know or you know one guy's like hey look you know I'm, I'm farming now they're doing very different things and the reason why they're doing that is because they realize that what they thought was going to make them happy that wasn't it they had stress they were unhappy they had relationship issues and then all of a sudden they changed and all of a sudden their life is full of joy and again when we say joy we don't dismiss all the things that are in life we're just saying that the dominant mindset is one of joy it is and joy can be anything from bubbling over to an undercurrent of contentment absolutely you know absolutely so now uh, coach i'm just kind of feeling what some might be feeling here in that statement you see my body language right uh-oh. i'm just like oh <laughs> you got 20 somethings that are making these life-changing decisions to go to college mm-hmm. to pursue a career mm-hmm. based on an ideal mm-hmm. it's just causing me anxiety yeah, well, all we, that money, right? Yes. Is there anything we can tell these young people? Because what I have found, Coach, I am forty-eight. Mm-hmm. I found I've done all kinds of fun things. Mm-hmm. If I would have gone to college for one particular thing, I probably would have been miserable. Um, I, I've had many different careers and businesses, mm-hmm. and I just came into what I feel is my life's purpose and work in my forties. Mm-hmm. Got any advice for the youngsters out there? Yes, and that is, if you're 20 years old, okay, so if you're listening to this and you're 20 years old, my best advice would be, before you make a decision, make a list, what I call like a real list of all the things that you think you want for your life and what you think you want to get from your college experience. Okay. Don't rule out anything. Just free flow and write it. Because one of the things that happens is too many times there's this idea of what I think I'm going to get from college, not what I really want, but what I think I'm going to get from it. So just because you go to medical school, because you think you're going to have a great career, that may not be the best career for you. It doesn't matter how well you can score on your, uh, your entrance exam or what you can have in terms of yearly salaries Mm -hmm. but is that what you really really want and I had this situation here recently here in Clovis with one of my clients she is a top athlete Mm -hmm. okay and she had scholarship offers to go to many different places and I said to her I said look 
um, you can go to college anywhere, and mm -hmm. for the most part, they're all pretty good. Mm -hmm. But what's the one thing that you really, really want to do? Because once you make this decision, you're not going to be able to go back on it. And I said, think about that you know, thoroughly before you decide, because once you make the decision, your life is going to go down the path of that decision. And if you don't like it, you're going to spend a number of years trying to correct that. Mm -hmm. So she sat down and thought about it. And she says, well, you know what, this is what I would like to do for a career, but my passion is still in this sporting activity. And so she made the decision to go to the school so she could have both. Yeah. She could participate at the high level in the sporting activity that she loves because that's her dream. Okay. okay. But when that's over, she also now has the opportunity to pursue her education at a totally different level right mm -hmm. now. Right? Mm -hmm. She can see it differently because she chose what she valued as being the most important thing for her, not what somebody suggested that she do. Which takes me to the next thought of being aware of people's impositions on you as well. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, especially young people. Mm -hmm. You know, parents can put a lot of pressure on young people. Of almost like they're trying to live through their child versus oh, recognizing, yeah. you know, how their child is. And that's probably a totally different, uh, you know, discussion. But I would say, as you were talking for young people, be aware of those impositions mm -hmm. and pressures. And then also ask people that are actually doing it. Mm -hmm. or, and then go even beyond that and ask people that were once doing it why they're not now. Exactly. Because then you maybe can get some clues as to whether it will affirm what you want to pursue or maybe like, you know what, I'm like them. I could see how I wouldn't like being like that at all. And then maybe you can pursue a different avenue. Oh, yes. <clears throat> I'm just thinking right now of um, in the tech world that we live in, um, colleges are actually having... Um, some competition because you know kids nowadays they're able to create um, financial futures and not even have to go to college right and you're starting to see that more and more going forward because people are starting to realize the real truth it's the idea backed by belief yes. that's producing the person's happiness. So once the person says, this is what I really want, again, this is what I value, this is what makes me happy, and then they put all their time and effort into pursuing that, that's a happy person. So would you say then that happiness starts with knowing what you really want? It is. It's got to be ground zero. Mm -hmm. It's got to be because if you don't know what that is, then your life is just a bunch of experiments or adventures. Mm -hmm. And uh, depending on what your mindset is on that, you're probably unhappy. So it's almost like, you know, the, the cornerstone by which all the other stones are laid in place, right? So knowing what you really want in life is the chief cornerstone as far as designing that life. And then every stone after that will either fit or it won't fit. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. So I that mean. one thing. All right. Now here's where I want to go back to the idea that I was traveling down um, before we went down the whole college thing. Because I, I was just feeling the, you know, these college <gasps> kids. Like how, how and, can they even make that decision? You and know? they had just, well, you just saw three yep. of them walk in here this morning. Yeah. Okay. So let's say you now have your one thing, which I love that phrase. I'm all mm -hmm. about the one thing. You have your one thing, you know what you want in life, 
you know the ingredients that you need in order to have that happiness recipe. And again, it's it always starts with your thoughts and how mm-hmm. you perceive. Mm-hmm. So you've got that. You've got your filter for, okay, yes, this will contribute to my one thing. This will not contribute to my one thing. And then you find, let's say, that you are in a career that is not fueling that one thing, that happiness, or you find yourself maybe even married to someone. And I do have to, you know, give a disclaimer. I, again, I I do have a side job where I do minister to people and the whole topic of divorce is taboo and can be a big, big thing. But aside from religious thought, you find yourself in this situation, you realize this person is not contributing to the one thing, or they refuse to grow with you and allow your influence to impact them. You then get into a situation where you're faced with a tough decision. And you have a, a, a cost sunk or sunk cost, something like that, bias, where I've invested a lot of money, a lot of time into this. What do you do, coach? I mean, wow. <laughs> I didn't mean I, to go heavy. No, it's not heavy. But when I was listening to you, I was just thinking, <laughs> man, you I'm know? free from that. <laughs> right. And I am too. I mean, it's great. But I know there's going to be people listening that So, okay. Um, well, it's kind of a sticky situation too, because I don't want to tell people to get out of relationships. Nope. I don't want to tell them that. However, I will say this. As a clinician, mm-hmm. board certified and um, in practice for uh, 17 years, mm-hmm. um, when I'm working with individuals and couples, I'm straight up with them. I said, yeah. hey, look, I am not here to break up your relationship, and I'm not here to save it either. Yeah, I'm here to support you in the direction that you both deem best for you right. as, a, as a unit and as individuals. Time will tell all of us where you want to go what comes out in this space but I will say this that um, that whole sunk cost thing Mm -hmm. I'm not buying it okay Okay, it sounds good in economics Mm -hmm. but it does not work when you start talking about a relationship so you want to age quickly stay in a situation that you know is not right for you I don't care what it is is a job relationship if you wake up and you look at that person and you are just not happy, <laughs> you know, you need to ask yourself, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Because no one saves you from that. Mm-hmm. No one except you and the ability to think accurately. So I have had to deal in this line of thinking with people for years. And one of the things that's clear to me is that if you can't trust what you really know to be true for you then you're not going to be happy you can stay in that relationship you can stay in a job you can rationalize any thought that you choose Mm -hmm. but it will not change the fact that happiness is going to elude you because you are not dealing in truth and it is from the place of understanding that, you know, you got to make sure that the happiness and the things that you've come to the conclusion are actually real and truth, too. That's right. You know, like one of the things that I think um, young people uh, can sometimes fall for is uh, falling in love and falling out of love. Coach, I'm not of the, of the agreement with that. 
Um, I do think there's a chemical cocktail that occurs, right? Mm -hmm. Where you fall in love with someone. You can actually fall in love with someone for 15 minutes, science Mm -hmm. shows us. Mm -hmm. But if you really love someone and it's not abusive and it's not, you know, anything like that, you, you may not feel the initial, you know, cocktail of love potion that you feel, but you, if you give it time, you're able to go into a deeper, more dopamine centered relationship, right? And so a lot of people are like, well, I'm just no longer in love. They just, you know, I fell in love. And I just don't feel the excitement or the fire anymore. And it's like, now they're looking for someone else. And then they're looking for someone else. To me, there are certain ideas that society tells us that's not actually truth. But if you try to live your life with that, you're going to find yourself very unhappy. So when we're saying looking at someone you're with, it's not this idea that you try this person and you try that person and you're doing all this and you got five to ten divorces and all that stuff. Because at that point, it's evident that your hypothesis of happiness is inaccurate. (laughs) Right? It's true. It's true. But there are times where you can tell a person and yourself it's it's just not going to work right yeah can i just chime in on that yes. for a second so and you may even disagree and that's allowed coach Dandoff and yoda can disagree <laughs> so be friends so when i think about love mm-hmm. right which is different than romance very good okay mm-hmm. so love mm-hmm. is an action word yes it is it's a verb so it encompasses a lot of things. Right. Accurate thinking is one of those. Yes. Okay. So if you're in a relationship with someone and you're constantly having problems and you're just not having a meeting of the mind, mm-hmm. you need to really assess what that relationship is. Yes. Because love does not stop people from seeing what's in front of their face. Right, right. Um, And so that's one of the misnomers that we have to overcome. If you really love someone, that means you have to see who they are, right? Because you're loving all of that. Yes. With that person. Yep. So, and and when you really love that person, then now you have the quality of growth in your relationship. Very good. You have the quality of growth in your relationship. And when your relationship is growing, regardless of the ebbs and flows, you're going to always have excitement because your relationship doesn't remain stagnant. Right. So this is why we can see couples. Very good. We can see couples who are, you know, what we call advanced age. They are still romantic. They're Mm -hmm. still holding hands. They're still doing all those things that couples do in couplehood because they grew every step of that relationship. That's good. Because they were accurate at the beginning of their relationship this is who I am this is who you are Mm -hmm. and they grew together they weren't constantly in they grew together and they also grew as individuals exactly very good exactly and when we start talking about being happy when I think about being happy Mm -hmm. um, step one I love myself Mm -hmm. I can Mm -hmm. chuckle when I look in the mirror Mm -hmm. now I want to make sure that the person that I'm with we can chuckle together when we look in the mirror right okay we can talk business we can talk family we can talk serious and then we can just have fun yes and then we can still do all those things that we need to do in our lives in our couplehood Mm -hmm. and as individuals I had to make a decision as far as the career aspect um, when I, um, after I got over having mono, it was like a three-year mm-hmm. journey because it took so long. And um, I loved movement, mm-hmm. you know, because I was not moving for so long physically. Right. So I loved movement. 
and uh, I wanted to help other people. Mm -hmm. So me and my son, we decided to do um, some certification for personal training. We both got in it and started having clients, and we're like, what did we? I, no, this is <laughs> not for us. I mean, I loved my clients, and I loved, you know, the results they were getting, but I hated going to appointments to train people. I hated it. I loved health and wellness, but I did not like doing it. And, um, but I brought my best, you know, they probably would have had no, no idea that's how I felt about it. Right. I brought my best, but I had sunk some time. I had sunk some money into it. And I thought, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Not much less the next year. I just cannot do this. And, uh, same with my son. I mean, we were bored to tears, mm -hmm. but the exchange of ideas, the training people in, you know, success and business and even branding and all those things, that's where I came alive. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's where I found my zone. But I had to, you know, I had sunk some cost mm -hmm. into it, but I just could not continue and decide, you know what, it doesn't matter how much money and time I have sunk into this, I'm walking away. Yes. And uh, I felt so free doing that. And sometimes, you know, I kind of stumbled onto what made me happy. I didn't ever like, hey, I think this is what I want to do. It just like I, I started piecing it together by accident, and that's where I arrived to it. Mm -hmm. So happiness can be willing to let go of those things you've invested a lot of time and money into, too. Yeah, it is. I mean, we talked about that a little earlier in another episode on attachment, but mm -hmm. <clears throat> when we start really defining happiness and we start talking about cultivating the skill to be mm -hmm. happy, mm -hmm. then we're actually applying that to other decisions that we make. Work, yes. family, community, um, community. Mm -hmm. all of those things. You have to know what you're willing to give for something else as well, too. Right? So, I, Okay, Coach, I got one thing that I got to kind of flip it. <laughs> You just recently had an experience where the very thing that makes you happy was challenged and almost made you make a decision that would have impacted a lot of people, right? Yes. So sometimes the very thing that makes you happy can sometimes also become a problem, would you say, that you have to work through and redefine maybe? or I think it brings, I think it it brings other elements into your life that you may not have been aware of. Okay. So, um, freedom. So we're talking about. And we may freedom. go a little bit long today, uh, okay. but I wanted to get this in. Yeah. So she stuck me with the pen, just in case you all are not <laughs> able to see that. Place, <laughs> you know, Sherry stuck me with the pen here. Okay. So, um, so in the, I think the movie was Heat, and I think it was De Niro who said. Uh, you never want to be attached to anything that you can't walk away from in 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things in my personal history was I had to face the potential of losing um, significantly, um, you know, legal matters and uh, would take up four years of my life at the state and yeah. uh, federal level. And even though I would be victorious in that, um, the drain on me was just absolutely, it was staggering. I could not have um, imagined that I would have that experience. Right. And it forced me to redefine um, my attachment to things. But my desire to serve 
is a part of my happiness formula, yes. right? It's yes. like, that's what I'm here to do. And I light up when I'm able to do that. When I look around this room and I see the pictures of these people on the wall, um, it's like my soul is attached to these mm -hmm. individuals in here. And I like that. <clears throat> now, having said all of that, um, when an opportunity presented itself that I could serve at a greater capacity, um, the element of establishing roots mm -hmm. and um, going through another process. And that gave me pause mm -hmm. because I wasn't sure whether or not I was like, ah, wow, that's, that's, a, that's a huge commitment. That's a big decision. Yeah. And I had to think about whether or not if I would be happy doing that. Mm -hmm. And so for a bit, I tussled. Mm -hmm. I didn't tussle with the service. I tussled with the perception. Okay, that's okay. good. Mm -hmm. All right. And so then I had to look at what my perception was around that. And I had to go into the cave or to that haunted house that we mentioned earlier on in another episode. But once I sat down and thought about it, I said, you know, I am here to do something that's much bigger than me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And... When that became the focus of my thinking, then the part of me that felt like you may be putting yourself in a situation that binds you, then it started to ease away. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't have to constantly work with that. Right. But I stay focused on what the purpose is. And mm -hmm. even though that purpose requires me to do some serious groundwork, mm -hmm. the outcome is assured, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. I will have set out to do what I wanted to do and yet still have the life that I want. Yes. Okay, so here's where I, I want to go here on your notes. Here's where truth meets or confronts BS. Happiness is an individual thing. Your power is in you to taking the pieces of things that you want um, to make your own happiness recipe. So like you said, freedom right. for you, peace for me. You cannot blame other people for you being unhappy. No. You cannot blame where you live. You can't blame your financial situation for making you unhappy because happiness, like we've already said, begins on the inside. Yeah. The proof for that is you can have people in the exact same circumstance, the exact same background, all of those things, some from even worse backgrounds, they're happy when you're not. So that tells me that happiness begins internally, and then you can add those things that bring you, like reading or hunting and fishing and things mm -hmm. like that. Would you agree? I would. Mm -hmm. I would agree. It's like it's, it's always down to the individual, mm -hmm. and it will remain so. And when we acknowledge that, we start to have the collective change that we seek. Yeah. Right? So... Uh, you know, you hear people when they say, well, they're not happy. Well, what would it take for you to be happy? Not why are you not happy? What would it take? What would it That's take a good for you question to be happy, to ask. right? Yeah, because why gives them the excuse formula? Okay. What would it take for you to be happy or happier? Now they have to think about the kind of actions that they're taking. Mm -hmm. You know, so when I got into this hunting thing, I've always desired to hunt, right? But you know my life direction it, I just never got a chance to sit down and um, and do a lot of hunting mm -hmm. so I get out here and I get a chance to do that well I'm talking to guys and they're like well man I got this 30 caliber and all of these big guns and I was like my goodness man it's like uh, I can't carry that gun around you know for 
six or seven hours a day up in the mountains. I'm like, no way. What other options do I have? And so then I come across this other rifle, 270 Winchester. Oh, that's my beauty, right? And they were like, Coach, you know, you know, that's a pretty old gun you got there. And I was like, it is. But it shoots straight. It's easy to carry, and now I have food in my freezer. That is an individual decision, right? Yes. Not to mention when I'm moving around through the mountains, I'm the guy that can still giggle when I get to the top of the peak, whereas I look down at the other guys, and they're like, hey, coach, can you can you wait on me a little bit? And I'm like, I, I can wait on you all day, right? And it's <laughs> like there are sometimes you just have to understand that if you don't make a choice that you clearly define for yourself, you are not going to be happy. I can hear some people, though, say that maybe the objection is, well, doesn't, isn't that selfish? Isn't that, you know, putting my own desires and needs ahead of other people? No, that's called enlightened self-interest, right? Okay. So um, if the mother bear, when she comes out of hibernation and she's got two or three cubs, what's the first thing she does? She's got to feed herself first. Absolutely. Right? So if an individual does not take care of his or her own requirements to be happy, then they don't have the ability to share that with other people. Yeah. So we have to understand that the most selfish thing that you can do is not take care of yourself first. Okay. Right? Um, that's a misnomer. And taking care of yourself first doesn't always mean it's harmful to others. No. But it does mean it can challenge others that will try to impose upon you what happiness should look like because it's in their interest. Exactly. And so this is one of those things that when we start talking about love again, right, when we say love, love, love is not blind. Mm -hmm. Love has a great pair of spectacles that it can see very clearly. Yeah. And what we find out is when we look through the um, spectacles of accurate thinking is this relationship, this job, this line of thinking is not producing what I need in my, my life. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to change it so that it reflects exactly what I want for myself. And I think this is a key thing that people really need to take to heart, our okay. listeners today, that to be happy, you really want to decide what it is. What is that one thing that you that you want for your life and that you're willing to pursue? Because if you pursue that, you will find other like-minded people that reflect the direction that you're going, yes. and they will amplify your efforts in such a way so that you can have what you want. That's right. really what we want to be doing. And those people that are not on board with that, well, then you let them find their companions. Yeah. We obviously need to end. We're like almost 10 minutes over what we normally Ooh. are. But I, I do think that it was important. But some people could be saying, well, didn't you say it's not environment? It's perception? Yes. But what we're saying is that once you get your perceptions based in truth, which are universal, Mm-hmm. When you get your perceptions based in truth, then you can correctly look at your environment, your job, your relationships, even the activities you want to do. I tell people, if you don't want to do that, don't. Either delegate it or get someone else. I mean, get someone else to do it or just get it off your calendar. Mm -hmm. You know, we always say yes to stuff because we don't want people to be mad at us. And we're like, I really don't want to do that, you know. 
So once you have your perspective, how you view things correct, then, and who's to say it's correct? Again, it's principles that are applicable everywhere, right, Coach? Mm-hmm. Once you have that, then you can look at the 10% of your environment and make the changes that you know will create the life that you desire to live. Sherry, that's just fantastic. So you change your perception. Mm -hmm. You change your environment. Very good. Okay. Um, Don't put the horse before the, I mean, the cart before the horse, right? That's exactly right. It's like, you know what? Don't even think about your environment right now. Change the way you think about things and then watch your environment reflect the changes in your thinking, not the other way around. So to end, I think maybe just with one question would be, what do you really want? That's it. Huh? What do you want? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and no, don't mm-hmm. guess with that question. And it can be intangible. Don't That's always right. look at the tangible. Again, the at 10%, the intangible. What do you want? Yes, absolutely. Don't follow the path of others. Follow your own. Mm-hmm. So, again, we have uh, contact information in the show notes. Uh, I hope this was a lighter episode. I'm not sure, Coach. Maybe we can't do light. Well, I mean, I think it's light. I mean, you know, it's like I'm a really happy guy, right? You know, and so are you. And I think what we're I'm not a guy. Oh, uh, sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, but I think the, the thing that we have to understand is that there's always some effort required for everything mm-hmm. on the planet. That's I mean, good. that's that's our that's what our natural world shows us. There's mm-hmm. no such thing in uh, a condition in which there is no effort for what we hope to derive from. Yes. Um, but once you get past that, you realize that our life has the potentially to be extraordinarily fulfilling. Yes. And. Um, so take up the work, the effort joyfully, and then watch what it yields for you. Mm-hmm. Very good.